Hello, and welcome to The Dentrepreneur Show. I am Dr. D. Todd Russell, a dentist and entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience. On this show, we're going to discuss, engage, and prepare you for taking your practice or business to its end game. How do you grow it? What metrics do you track? How do you know when is the right time and what things you need to have in place to create the best long-term value for your business and wealth for yourself? You need to polish your spirit and prepare yourself no matter how far along you are in your career. Welcome to Dentrepreneur Podcast. This is Dr. D. Todd Russell, and today's guest is Chris Vanderford. Chris is a longtime friend of mine, owner, founder of Transition One Dental. He is an expert in the field of dental practice transitions, buy, sell, associates, uh, metrics to run your practice, et cetera, et cetera. Longtime friend of mine. Um, Chris, welcome to the show. Todd, good to be with you. Thanks for the invite. Always, always. Just for future reference, this isn't the only time that Chris is going to be on here. He's actually already done one other short one with me. And um, there are so many topics to talk about in the dental space. And uh, more and more, the the market, Chris, as you know, is getting hotter and hotter for consolidation of dental practices, a larger number of students graduating now that some more dental schools have opened up. So there's a lot we can talk about. You know, every time we talk, we think we're going to speak about one topic and we there's about six that we can navigate. So I'm excited to talk to you about whichever topic that is. <laughs> but uh, to me, I'm passionate about this because I think with the right information, a lot of people on your podcast will benefit. And, you know, Chris, the tangents we're going to go down. It's my job as the host. <laughs> away from those. I am the king of tangents. Yeah, so, right. yeah the, the challenge really is on myself for myself. Nonetheless, uh, just give me a quick, uh, a quick bio, Chris. I know you've been doing this for 20 plus years now, which makes you, um, I, I think you said you're now the same age as those old guys. Yes, I am. It's a great segue. Moved up here from the South. I'm a Southern boy that has been converted to a Midwestern uh, family. My wife and I moved up here to start this business and um, turned out to be the best decision we ever made. I love what I do, but it took a long time to become good at it, like a dentist or any any business person, and um, do a lot of seminars, do a lot of speaking engagements, and actually one-on-ones with people to help them navigate this this new career or how to navigate out of it. So the gist of today is going to be talking about planning for your exit. And our big question today, when we've kind of alluded to it prior on a little intro podcast that we did is uh, when do you actually start thinking about an exit? Before I go into that, let's tangent on something that you just uh, said there, Chris, and that is relationships, networking. I've seen you live and in person at at conferences, you know, out there on the vendor floor and how everybody is a warm handshake and a hug and a back slap. And I've seen you at the restaurant afterwards and just like a dentist who becomes a really the, you know, the guy or the girl in a town in a neighborhood, it's all based on the relationships. They trust you because you have shown that warmth, that welcoming energy that you bring every time. So I believe that people buy people and uh, warmth and energy and enthusiasm is currency. People are attracted to it. Culture, right? It is. Learned more in the last 10 years about culture than ever before and how important it is. 
what is it, culture eats strategy for breakfast, but here we are on a show <laughs> talking about strategy. <laughs> Although we're going to have some cultural conversations down the road. You know, the audience doesn't know this, but I call you the Tony Robbins of dentistry. You've got the highest energy level. And every time I'm around you, my frown turns upside down. So we're going to be smiling the whole time. Awesome. All right. Well, let me go right into that that leading question. We We briefly talked about it earlier, but at what point in your career... You're a dentist, you're a small business owner, you're a medical professional, maybe a chiropractor, audiologist, all of those belong in this same spectrum. When do you actually start thinking about an exit? You know, that's a great question. Each practice, as I've learned over time, each practice is different. Each dentist is different. Their needs are different. But I would hope that everyone would understand that they weren't born a dentist. The practice is a vehicle to get you to your goal. You're not going to be working till 70, 75, 80, unless you want to, because most people are using this medium to get to a point in their life where they say, I'd rather spend time with family, travel. So when is that right time to begin that exit strategy? When a dentist says he has five more years, I smile every time. Doc, you are in that perfect window. We need to know what you're worth. Every smart businessman knows what they're worth. And then we need to make sure that your value, you know how your value is affected over the next few years by certain metrics in the office, certain turn on one spigot, turn on another, how that affects your value. And then we also need to talk about what amount of time do you support a buyer to maximize your sale and to hand it off successfully. Yeah. That kind of is the the segue to a great next question. I'm gonna give you my opinion. I five years before you want to retire, I think is one thing. I think it starts earlier, Chris. I really think I've been talking about the um, an article I wrote, Dear 35-year-old self. I really think that my colleagues in particular need to start thinking way before that. And at 35, you know, you got practice debt. You may have just bought the practice. You've got a mortgage. You've got kids. You maybe think about private schools and all that seems great. But when we're talking about an exit, we're also, we're talking about dollars and we're not just talking about the 401k, but a big component of that is who are you going to sell to? What's the culture of your, of your, of your staff like? Are they expecting it? So many of my colleagues don't tell their, their staff until the 11th hour of a deal. Right. I'm in total disagreement with that. Me too. But it happens. Nonetheless, as far as someone who's looking to sell or to exit, are there areas that they need to know that they don't know about before they go to market? Or is there something that a couple of ticks that might be they don't know? Here, this doc says, I'm 55, 58. I want to retire in five years, Chris. What do they need to know? Well, first of all, a common analogy, let's look under the hood of the car and see what you've got. You know, maybe we'll have 10 options. Maybe we'll have one. You need to know that. So let's discuss all these different metrics and trends and cash flows and staff and building and rents and landlords. Let's discuss it all and see how many options you have. Most dentists go blindly into it going, well, I'm just going to sell. It's not that easy. What do you have to offer? for a buyer to come in and allow you to exit successfully. And how you present it is everything, how you tee it up. So your job and my job, Todd, is to educate them on 
the negatives, the red flags of their practice, because I've never seen a perfect practice. Have you? No. They don't exist. Nope. They're not perfect. And so we need to understand where the flaws are, where the warts on the frog are, and identify it and have a solution for it. Because if we don't, when you go to sell, that becomes the risk to the buyer that creates a negotiation. When I'm um, myself, when I'm looking at a practice or talking to a doc uh, or a client that wants to, you know, prepare for selling, but isn't certainly isn't ready and tell them there's two things that, that they can do. Pick the top 10 things that you would want to make an ideal sale. Someone came to you and you check all 10 boxes right now. You could sell. Then scale it back and be prepared to only have seven or eight, 70, 80% of yeah. them. Okay, so rank them. The other thing I tell them to do is, or you grid it out. You do a plus and a minus grid, right? And assign values. Well, this is my, you know, there's, and, and then add them up. Add up the pluses and the minuses. And you might find that if you assign values, like not get a million dollars for my practice, that's a negative. And is that your, if you don't get a million dollars, this deal isn't happening, then that's worth 10 points, right? So go through and assign these pluses and minuses points, points based on whatever you arbitrate, 100 points is tops, 50 points, 10, doesn't matter. Just be consistent on both sides and add it up. And you're going to find out that numbers don't lie. They're going to exactly. it's a good time to sell or not. Well, here's the first question I start with, with every doc. Dr. Russell, God forbid, if you were driving to work today and you had a fender bender and you hurt your back or neck, can you afford to retire today financially? Let's just talk through that one, because how you answer determines which transition path we go down. There are some dentists who say, Chris, no, I can't. Okay. I cannot bring in a buyer because now you're the competitor to the buyer because you need income. So anybody goes, hey, I want to sell and I want to work. Why? Well, you know, I like to keep my hands wet. Why? Well, I need the income. Okay, doc. We're not ready to sell. We need to put you in a position to where financially you become less likely to control or compete for patients and you're ready to support the buyer. Let's talk about that path now. So how they answer that question determines where we go. Okay. So they answer that question and they're financially sound. They're five years away just because, you know, it's that time in their lives. Kids are grown out of the house, but, you know, the income's nice, but I don't, I won't. In three years, I won't need it. So in five years, I definitely won't. I'm at that point. Right, right. Who's on your team? Who are you bringing in now? You're, you're my age. I, you know, I'm 55. I yep. want to retire. You know this. I, 59 and a half is my bogey, right? That's the arbitrary bogey determined by the, uh, the time in which you can withdraw without penalty from your retirement plans, right? Yes. So I circled that number and I said, that's when I want the luxury of retiring. So here I am, I'm 54 and a half and I've got five years. Who's on my team, Chris? Who am I? Well, certainly what we want to do then is put this five-year plan into place. Let's start with that first and say, okay, the most successful transitions are the ones where you're supporting post-sale for a period of time, right. where transitions fail. If I look over 24 years, where the rocky road was or the failure or even just the tensions, when the dentist goes, listen, 
I'm out. Good luck. Here's the keys. I'm out. That never goes well. When the dentist stays two or three years, it may not be perfect, but the handoff usually right. happens clean. very, very smoothly and clean. So, Doc, you've got five years. In the next two years, we need to prepare for that switch, which means we're starting now. It may take a year or two to find that shooting star or unicorn, especially in a small town. So we certainly want to make sure that your CPA has structured your documents correctly. Now, I know no dentist reports more to the government than he has to. I understand that. But the tax return is the source document that gets the loan approved. Even though P&Ls help, the tax return is that document. Doc, I see you made a million eight last year, but you're showing minus 147 in net income. We've got to work on that. We've got to show income now on the tax return. That is an actual example of a dentist. It took four years to sell his practice because no bank would lend money to what he wanted. Right. You've seen this. Yep. You've seen this. We've got to make sure the documents are structured correctly. Number two, how's your staff? Let me, let me interject there. It is the beauty of being a small business owner to be able to play some games and try to realize, of course, unfortunately, we can, politics aside, we can argue that the, the current tax laws allow for it. And so we're all trying to get as much as we can for as little tax penalty. Understood. But when it comes to selling your practice and then you start dealing with the great evil of banks, it's got to be clean. Has to. And banks start looking at trailing three years. Yes. Right? So, yes. Okay. Now continue. I'm yes, sorry. but but anybody on this podcast, if they gain just from this conversation, clean your documents as much as possible to show as much cash flow as possible because the cash flow gets you to your ask price. It gets the loan approved. Here's what happens when you have minimal cash flow. Now you're probably going to be asked for a seller note. I'm sorry, Doc. Your financials gave us this seller note. Now in the seller note, your good friend golfing buddy is going to punitive and lawyer up the seller note. So if the buyer makes one small default, it goes nuclear. It will not get signed. The deal will fail. And all because we created a situation to where we took the seller note and made the language so damaging and punitive as possible. And I just think to myself, Doc, we could have avoided all of this had we had clean from the beginning. So that's number one. That's important. Number one. Number two, put, your, put yourself in the shoes of the buyer. When the buyer walks in, are you digital? Oh, you, you need to replace all your computers? You don't have a pan? Right. I see. CBCT anymore. Everybody yep. wants 3D imaging. I mean, it, and to your point, Chris, on this, the young graduates they've done a residency they've spent some time in uh, in the large dso world they've got a little experience oh they're out looking all they know is technology yes, yes. they yes. don't know and i'm sorry but if you have a belt and pedal high speed it's not gonna work <laughs> and actually, you know it's probably got value as an antique yes it doesn't have value in the hands of a dentist so doctor let's address these red flags now you want a million dollars for your practice. Let's make sure the cash flow on your documents support that million. 
Let's also make sure that we don't have 100 to 200,000 in hard negotiation because your equipment is so outdated. Dr. Russell has to come in and go, I'm sorry, Doc. I can't wait to do this to you, but I've got to put a quarter mil into this. We really need a more balanced price. Happens all the time. That's an important discussion because a lot of expectations are, are false bars are created. I have sellers that tell me all the time, they clutch this appraisal they were given. They paid 10 grand for it. This 30 page document, they're clutching it. They're going, hey, it says 1.1 million on that. That's what I'm getting. Well, doctor, that's just a report. Let's discuss what the market and the reality of today's business is. I told docs, it's like everybody knows about pretty much knows how to buy and sell a house, right? And you, you sell a house and you ask her, you're a buyer of a house, you get an inspection. And so the inspector comes along and says, this HVAC system, that's number one, right, is 20 years old and it's outdated. It's going to be in a replace. The roof, I was up on the roof and there's multiple missing shingles. It's a 20-year-old roof and it's failing. And then there's the other, the third thing is usually the, either the exterior of the house or the basement, wet basement, all of that kind of bundled into one. So those three things, right? So you you love the house, you love the the, the structure of it, you love the color of it, you, you love the everything about it, it speaks to you. But all three of those things are 25 years old and all need something. Asking price? Are you offering asking price? No. Bank's not going to support no. asking price because it's going to see that see that you got to put a hundred grand into this thing. And if you're taking out a loan and you've already got a ton of student loan debt, the bank's not going to support this, the buy of that practice or seller doctor, no student young dentist is going to be able to buy it because of this same scenario. Correct. So you said, who's on my team? Really, it's important to understand if you surround yourself with advisors that say, hey, you're going to get top dollar for your practice, I find that a, a seller will have a, an attorney who's an old golfing buddy or a family member that's dangerous because they're very one-sided. Well, this practice has so much potential, Todd. The, so really what your team should be, your team, you should have a very good broker on your team or advisor who's advising you will maximize your gain, but we have to do it in a way that's win-win for both parties. If you want to negotiate from a million one down to 900, which will happen, you're going to sour the relationship. And by the time you get to the one yard line, everybody's angry. Yep. Why didn't we just start at 900 and put it in a path where everyone's popping champagne on the one yard line? That's all in creating realistic expectations right from the beginning. So I think your team needs to be those that give you a realistic snapshot. Trust me, we'll maximize your value, but the buyer's going to win too. And any relationship where the buyer loses is not a good transmission. Yep. I like to think that without question, it's the accountant. And there's some great tax preparers out there, but you need yeah. to have an accountant that understands valuation that has been part of transactions before. Yes, I sell agreed. Transactions. 
you need to have an attorney, like you said, your golfing buddy, that's fine. But you also need to have an attorney that's familiar with mergers and acquisitions. Dental specific. I mean, the multi-billion dollar acquisitions. I mean, certainly they, that would be a wonderful person to have on your team, but they're also expensive. But someone who has done either dental practices or small businesses. Uh, and then finally, it's the broker, the consultant, the strategist. That's what I am, you know, and that's what I'm putting myself out there for doctors who are like you said, and we've worked together with people who are looking to sell. They just don't know who they're going to sell to just yet. So we can help prepare them for that and get them in front of those right people. It doesn't mean that the person that you're working with already, your accountant or attorney, isn't the right person, but we should vet them a little bit and just make certain that they are. Well, I mean, Todd, someone would hire you as a strategist, and I'd hope they would realize how integral you are to the success of the communication. So for example, I have seen deals, I have one right now, where it's a $2.5 million acquisition and sale. And I have two attorneys that are hung up on the employment agreement. Guess what we're doing? The buyer, the seller, and I are meeting at a Panera. We're gonna spend 45 minutes and we will solve in 45 minutes what two attorneys have not solved in two months. We're going on two months. And then hourly rate times two, right? And their job is to cover the bases on your dime. Yes. That's your role. That's my role. Let's bring us together and communicate. And I cannot tell you if you have a relationship where the buyer and seller work. And when I have a seller who calls me and goes, that Todd Russell, I want to adopt him. That guy is fantastic. Guess what? The buyer did the right thing right. by taking the seller out to dinner, by getting to know the family. And now we have an avenue for compromise when there's factions. So any seller listening to this or any buyer, when you have factions, will your side stay over there or my side stay over there? You're typically going to find path for failure rather than compromise. Chris, I'm uh, just looking out of the corner of my eye at the uh, list of uh, <laughs> we're we just getting today. started, right? <laughs> uh, one of the things uh, on my podcast, Chris, I try to yeah. keep us under 30 minutes to talk about this. Uh, we want quick hits and and there's more to come. It allows for more content. One of the things you'll find about me and Chris, you know, this is uh, one of my company core values is transparency. So you're seeing some <laughs> okay. of it now. That's how my podcast is going to be run. I'm going to say some colorful things down the road with my guests. Um and in the future, not only are we going to talk about the entrepreneurship of running a dental practice and exit strategies and valuations and contracts, just like you talked about deployment agreements with doctors. I'm going to have some colorful people on here, Chris, who um, used to be the pro hockey team dentist for 20 years. And so a couple of my guests, we're going to light up the sports world and talk about what happened behind closed doors. Of course, redacting the names to some degree. Of course. Um, but uh, I look forward to it. And I think what's going to happen is we discussed earlier the tangents that we go off on. Yes. Even better than the actual agenda we started. And here we are approaching 30 minutes. And I made a couple of notes just now on some stuff that you said that I didn't really think about in all the years I've been doing this. So, wow. That's exciting. What a conversation. That's exciting. So, Chris, I'm going to obviously have you back time and time again. Please. I think we're just getting warmed up. I know we can go on and on. In fact, you and I actually started doing these on, uh, and this is a plug for Dave Kittle, the Dave Kittle show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, he's on Spotify, Apple uh, podcasts, as well as YouTube. Dave Kittle is a friend of yours who has um, a bunch of physical therapy centers. Yes. 
And so a concept similar to mine, a roll up of X numbers, but he started a podcast and um, highly recommend it to my audience. Uh, pick up the Dave Kittle show and listen to Dave, a unique guy. Chris and I are going to be doing a, another podcast, uh, all three of us together again. Live. Similar conversations, maybe a little bit different. You never know where Dave's going to take us. Well, Chris, I want to thank you again for being on here. Again, please tell my audience how and where you can be reached at, my friend. You can find me on transition1.net, my website. Email me at chris at transition1.net and call my cell, 937-206-2913. People are surprised, but I always pick it up. So look forward, look forward to the call. Thanks for being on the Dentrepreneur Show here, Chris. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm Dr. D. Todd Russell. I can also be reached on my website, dentrepreneurllc.com. My email is dtoddrussell, DDS at Gmail, and my cell 216-410-1331. Would love to hear from you in any way, shape, or form. I do offer a strategic planning segment that I can sit down and talk to you about. Love working in the dental space. My resume shows that I've done a lot over the years in everything from a resident to almost retirement. And I say almost. I'm not there yet. No. <laughs> All right, Mr. Vanderford, have a wonderful day and I appreciate your time, my friend. Great to be with you, Todd. Thanks for the invite. Yep. Thank you for joining us. Please follow or subscribe to this show on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. If you would like further information or to meet with me one-on-one -on -one and discuss your practice, please feel free to contact me through my website, dentrepreneurllc.com. Many more exciting guests and topics are headed your way. 